Time with Zach and John Muir. My name is Zach Wright, hosted by John Muir Wilson. And today, the name of the game is Conference Finals Explained. We're just going to go over the penultimate round with the Celtics Heat and Warriors Mavericks and kind of go through the last round as well a little bit, go through each series a little bit, kind of break down, break down what happened and go over our uh, previous predictions. So I guess why don't we start with the East, Jameer? How do you feel about what occurred with Miami and Philadelphia? It's unfortunate. Uh, it's very unfortunate. To be completely honest, I'm not surprised by what ultimately took place, but it again is sad. The Sixers have a lot of things that they need to evaluate going into the offseason. They've already started making moves that I don't like, but we can save that for another time. I do feel that the Sixers need to break this whole thing down, but I have a very strong feeling that we're going to see a very similar looking team next year. Uh, and, you know, not having Joel, like, I guess just to get a little more into the actual analysis of the series, uh, the Sixers were just overwhelmed in terms of talent. The first two games, they fought hard. Uh, the second two games, it was about even, and Joel was the difference. And then after that, it, the Sixers just died. I like, I, I don't know what happened. It just, they, the, the motivation, inspiration, everything was just gone. And the heat took the fight out of them and, and they didn't seem like they were very inspired to begin with. So, uh, you know, couple that with James Harden, absolutely playing like a garbage can <laughs> and looking like Ben Simmons that shoots jump shots and without the defense. And that's what happens. We go home in six. So there's not much to it, to be completely right. honest. Yeah. As a, as a hardened truther, uh, this one's pretty pretty indefensible. It's like, because in the in prior failures, he at least went out went out shooting. This time he was kind of just just running around. So that was really weird. Let's see what happens. There's no way in hell he gets a max, but he probably is going to opt into his player option. So probably will see him there. But real quick, I guess before we move on, because like you said, there's not much to talk about with this one. It's just kind of a it happened and it's over. If Embiid's healthy, you think the Sixers won? It's hard to call because, again, there were moments, like the last two games, I did, I don't know what happened. Like, they, they just – the motivation was not there at all. I think the series goes to seven for sure because I believe we win at least one in Miami. But I can't call if we win or not because, again – I can't say that those two games that, you know, Embiid plays are more inspired because they just like, they didn't look like they didn't like, they didn't look like they wanted to play. And I, like, we have a group chat, you know, right. shout out my boy Donovan, shout out my boy Anthony. And I said that I'm turning the game off because, you know, I, I would rather do something else than watch people not care about their job. And right. that's how I felt. So it, I, I think that it goes to seven, but I'm, I'm not certain that we win. All right. That's fair. I don't know either. I personally think Miami would have won any, anyway. 
just like you said, the motivation was weird. Like the lack of motivation was weird, I should say. Like, especially with the team talking about championship aspirations, this and that, and to not even try. That was just interesting. But okay. Um any last word thoughts on that before we move on? Shout out to Tyrese Maxey. I felt like he tried more than anybody the entire series. And his motivation died when he realized that his teammates' motivation died, I feel like. And yeah. our three-point shooting was absolutely atrocious as well. I just want to note that. I think that our three-point shooting has got to get better. We got to get better role players. At The Sixers have to get better role players. The three-point shooting was grotesque, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm being generous. So, it, it, you know. Uh, and, and Miami... Miami is, is, is an interesting team, but I will say that they should have won this series based on how things went. Like they, they did what they were supposed to do. Fair, fair. Okay. Speaking of uh, Miami winning the series, why don't we talk about their opponent, their upcoming opponent, the Boston Celtics, who beat the, the Bucks in seven. In a very entertaining series. That definitely is one of the one of the best series I've seen in the last couple of years. I'd say. I don't know where it'll go down in the history books. I guess we'll have to see how the playoffs keep going. But that definitely was a very entertaining series. One of the more physical series we've seen in a while. Definitely, a lot of surprising things went down there. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on the the aftermath? What the hell happened to the Bucks in Game Seven? Their three point shooting was abysmal. And one thing that I would note, like one thing that immediately came in my mind when I when the series ended was if they had Chris Middleton, I think they win this in, in six because there were two games in this series that were critical, like dire for the Bucks to win. And they could have really put their foot on the necks of the Celtics. And both games, they collapsed. It would be game four in Milwaukee. They needed that one. And game six in Milwaukee. They needed both of those games. They needed either one of those. And the Celtic, you know, the Celtics, every time they just responded, they answered. But I feel like if they had another, another guy like a Chris Middleton, I feel like they would have put him to bed in six with uh, his, you know, with his help because it, 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 the Bucks got a little too redundant in terms of their offensive approach after a certain point, and they didn't run enough pick and roll. They didn't. I, I just feel like there wasn't enough variation offensively. And Milton's when they're when they're big uh, pick and roll ball handlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there just wasn't enough. A variation offensively and it's just like if they weren't hitting threes and they weren't getting out in transition they didn't have anything going for them especially if the Celtics were moving the ball so uh, and Jason Tatum stepped up big time again I guess another one of the best players in the world so shout out to him uh, and Boston took care of business so I, I think that that was that was a that was a really entertaining series but hey, what are your thoughts on that um, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on it, but uh, I'll just keep them succinct. In response to your um, belief that if Milton was there, the Bucks are one in six, 
I can't sit here and say like it wouldn't be the case because like I just didn't know General who was going to win without him. But I will say, at least the way things played out, um, him being there would have changed who who else was on the court for the Bucks, and that necessarily might not have benefited in certain situations. Like uh, let's say Game Five, I believe it was when Portis got the the rebound, the putback. If Chris Milton's playing, Portis is not on the court at that moment in time, and at that point, Boston's probably getting that rebound. Um, and also in the response to that, you know, Robert Williams was out for over half the series. He played like two games, I think. So, I mean, you know, he's got to play who's in front of you. It is what it is. But um, one thing I do want to want to mention is just like the way the Celtics were guarding Giannis was like, that's probably the best job you could possibly do. And he just still was getting like 44 and 25. And even on his bad games, like game seven, where he shot, he had more shot attempts than, than like points, which is just, unbelievable to happen to him but uh he still had he still had 26 and 20 and like nine assists like he just the interesting thing about him i guess we'll we'll get into later our superstar the the superstar question we're supposed to answer last episode before we ran out of time but um the interesting thing about him is just like you can stop him from scoring but he's going to impact the game in every other area he's going to try harder because he he knows like all right i'm not scoring let me uh, ramp up my rebounding let me uh find my teammates play a little harder on defense he just does every he just ramps it up he compensates for his inability to score at certain points but um he was just tired in game seven looks like he missed a lot of go-ahead layups too i think boston's uh, defensive scheme eventually did wear, wear him down which was the goal i guess one last last thought i want to have shout out to grant williams my boy uh i guess he, he earned the batman nickname in my eyes that boy really had Seven threes in the last game, just an unexpected turnaround. That's like the beauty of game seven. Because like you said, the Bucks shooting died and then Grant Williams happened to have the best game of his life. You know, they dared him to shoot and he, he answered the call. And he did what he had to do. Um, so yeah, shout out to him. He definitely earned himself some money. I don't, I don't know when he's a free agent, I forget. But right now it's looking like he's probably going to get himself eight figures. Like he's probably going to earn himself upwards of 10 million a year because he definitely did an amazing job on Giannis as well. Like anyone who's watching that, like especially Eastern Conference teams, like if they want to move on, they got to beat Giannis. And Grant Williams has shown he can he can help in that regard. So it'll be interesting to see how things work out with him in the future because, you know, teams just get expensive after a while, especially good, well, good young teams get expensive after a while. So, yeah, that'll be something to look out for in the future. But um, that's all I have for really the Boston uh, Celtics being the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, Grant Williams gives me better three-point shooter P.J. Tucker vibes. All right. Yeah, P.J. Tucker kind of became like an overrated three-point shooter to a degree. Like, yes, he was really great from the corner. Other than that, he was average or below average. But he definitely do it as defense. I think I think if the Bucks retained P.J. Tucker, that would have helped them out a lot this series. Because he just seemed like with Grace, every time Grace Allen was on Tatum or Brown, it was just, uh, they just bent him over, basically. Like, like Jalen Brown didn't even, like, bother doing any of the moves. He just got the ball and went right at right at Grace Allen every time. Like, there was no post-up, spin move, dribble dribbles, just grab the ball and go to the basket. And it pretty much ended in a score every time. And Tatum was just goading him into fouling and posting him up and, you know, just doing whatever he wanted. But, yeah, I like got P.J. Tucker. And like and or Chris Middleton, of course, would have definitely helped in those situations. But hey, we'll see what happens with the Bucks. They're gonna 
come back and make some changes, but probably the same team for the most part. And that team is good enough to win the championship, honestly. They just lost this year. Yeah, I think I think so for sure. I think that the Bucks could definitely come back and run it back next year. I do think that they could definitely use a longer wing player, like another long wing player. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe somebody that's six, six, seven, six, eight, somebody like that who can at least defend. Because uh, Wesley Matthews is definitely older. George Hill's old. Yeah, why are they playing him so much? He was trash. I don't know. <laughs> like, Devon Carter was good the whole time he played. And then he didn't play. And his replacement was trash. Yeah, their role players are kind of, yeah. They got to yeah, make make some slight adjustments. And then I think also, I think that something that would help them is somebody who can be instant offense, like a, like a Tim Hardaway, somebody like that. I yeah. feel like would help them too a lot. That makes sense. So are we jumping to the conference finals in these? Yeah, might as well. Might as well. What do you, what do you, why don't you start us off? What are your thoughts? How, how oh, this is so hard for me. This is a mirror. This is because it's, it's essentially it's like a mirror match, like two teams that have a lot of the same kinds of skill sets and live by a lot of the same principles and have veteran leadership, both you know, really good coaches, defensive coaches, a culture of winning. It's just a lot of things that mirror one another. So it, it's very, it's going to be very interesting. It's, it's, it's so, it's so hard for me, but right now I'm going to go, I'm going to go and, and, and you might, you might like me this time. I figured there's, there's I'm going to go, I'm going to go Boston in seven. Because it's, it's it's so interesting. Like, it's so many ebbs and flows that go into kind of, like they kind of go into both of these teams, and both of these teams, in a way, have had similar paths to getting here. You know, the one seed, the two seed, but I think that you know the the the, the heat that that was in the bubble a couple years ago, they're, they're very similar to what they are now. Uh, Boston is a, is a more defensive, better version of what they were when they met in the conference finals a couple years ago. And if Rob Williams can come back, he would give, he would be a very good answer to Bam because Bam destroyed y'all in that series. And I mean, I didn't have Al Horford either, but yeah, that is very true. We did not have Horford. (laughs) So I think that, I, the reason and the reason why I, I over I would say overall like the Celtics, um, both teams, both teams are very sporadic offensively, but I would say that Jalen Brown to me would be the X factor because Jason Tatum I feel like Jason Tatum and, and Jimmy Butler are going to cancel each other out because Jimmy Butler. Like, y'all have seen Giannis and y'all have seen KD. And, yes, Jimmy Butler is not better than either of those players. But his skill set and the way that he operates and his toughness more than anything, I think will allow him to succeed just as much, if not more, against this Celtic squad. So, and, and, uh, so but 
I think Jalen Brown is better than any other player not named Jimmy Butler on the Heat. And I think that if he finds his footing offensively, I think that he would set y'all apart. And I believe that he will be able to do that enough to get it done. And also, my problem with the Heat is that they run too many different lineups. There's too many different players that they have on and off the floor. So I feel like sometimes there's a level of there's a level of drop off because when you're on the court, you have to be great. Like Duncan Robinson barely played last series, but he dropped 27 against the Hawks in the first game of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's where I feel like the Celtics roles are a bit more defined and through struggle, you know, through everything, the Celtics are going to be who they are. And I think that consistency is going to help them down the stretch because they know who's going to be on the floor, who's going to be off, that kind of thing. And that t- I think the title rotation is going to help them. So, I, again, it's tight. It's a mirror match, but I've got Boston in seven. Okay. I, I would have to say Boston. I know I said this every, every other round, but it was just, just clinching at this point. But Boston in six. And my reasons are, you've seen what we did to KD. You've seen what happened with Giannis. The, the, the Heat, excuse me, the Heat don't have an answer. So they, don't, they don't have a player of that caliber. The Celtics have the best player in the series. I guess Jimmy Butler can certainly get Jason Tatum run for his money. But and two years ago, Jimmy Butler and Tatum were going at it. But two years later now, Jason Tatum is over him. Like, I just think he's, he's shown he's over him at this point. Tatum's gotten much better on the defensive end, but from now in that last series as well. Another another thing that's interesting that I think that people are not really making making much note of is a the heat the Heat's path was pretty easy. They didn't they didn't have much of a test thus far. Atlanta was pretty shit all year. They kind of they got in the play in, but they were shit all year. And Philly was missing their best player and one of the two players on their on their team who, who consistently gives a damn. Tyler Hero, also another note, has not been good at all this playoffs. He's been pretty bad. Look at his numbers, bro. Compared to the regular season, dude's averaging like he had a solid series last series, though. He was good. I mean, he had his off games, but he was good overall. Jimmy Butler averaged thirty in that series. That series was a sham. I don't care. (laughs) Jimmy Butler, I love you, so Jimmy Butler, but he's not a thirty point per game score. If he's scoring thirty a game, that means there's some real bullshit going on. And he's not – and that brings me to my next point. Who are the Heat attacking? There's no one that the Heat can just run at, can go at on the Celtics. They had a lot of options to do that in their first two series, but that option does not exist against the Celtics team. Everyone that plays 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 pretty good defense. Peyton Pritchard is the only one who were like is questionable, but like that man tries his ass off. And we've seen he we, we've seen him make multiple uh great defensive plays throughout this playoffs. And I just think schematically, the Celtics just have a better, I think the Celtics just better team schematically. Uh, I like them. Their higher end is, their peak, I should say, is higher than the peak of the Heat. Bam out of bio. Yes, he's a, he is a factor, but I'm pretty confident that Al Horford can handle him and Grant Williams if we've seen um, what they did to Giannis in certain games. Yes, Giannis had 44. He had 40 plus a couple of times, but like, Bam is not Bam is not that guy. Like 
he he needs help to score. He's not a shot creator. He's not there yet. Maybe he'll get there, but that's not who he is yet. Like we said, P.J. Tucker, he's going to stay in the corner, shoot threes. And Kyle Lowry's hurt. He's already missing game one. He might come back, but he's been in and out the lineup, which is just so good. This injury's nagging, and nagging injury. He's not just going to – if he's playing, odds are he's playing at, like, 80% or whatever, I don't, you know, that arbitrary number, but he's not, he's not fully there. What's up with Rob Williams, though? Rob Williams is a factor, but I don't know. I just feel like he was active last game, but he didn't play, which is concerning. But, I mean, we beat – I just think the Bucks were a better team than the Heat. I, I just feel that that was the case. And we beat them, for the most part, without Robert Williams. And I think, logically, if you can beat Giannis without Robert Williams, you can beat Jimmy Butler and Bam without him. I don't know. I think people are just like, yes, it is a series, but I feel like the Celtics are getting an easier opponent than they had the round before, which doesn't mean they're going to win. But also, it just it does tell you they have the they certainly had the tools necessary to beat the team they're going to face. And I give the Heat six because I, I say uh, Celtics in six, and I give the Heat two games simply because the Heat are not they are not they are no joke. They have the best coach in the league, in my opinion. It's bolstered, but like, it's just like, come on now. We we just we all were watching this series. If you honestly believe the Heat are a better have a better chance than the Bucks, it's like you're fooling yourself. Like, the Bucks were Bucks and Celtics were actively the two most equipped teams. If you're actually watching remaining in the playoffs, and I just don't see how so Boston comes out that series and loses in the next round, barring uh, lingering injuries or. Something like that. But yeah, that's pretty much my just pretty much it. All I got on it really. I just think this comes down to the simple fact that Boston's a better team. Just like with the Bucks series. I didn't have much, it was hard to say, but Boston without Middleton was a better team and they did end up winning. But yeah. Fascinating. I like it. We'll see. That's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun as hell. It is. <laughs> It'll be funny. It'll be funny if the both teams get their their stagnant scoring uh, runs because they are both elite defenses, and like you said, they both can struggle to score at times. So it's just some games might get real ugly. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Very yeah. And I guess speaking of fun, let's go. Let's jump right into the the West. So I guess we could start with the. The series that was very physical, a series that was very physical, the Grizzlies and Warriors, we both correctly predicted the Warriors in six. Mm -hmm. And what are your thoughts about that? Uh, It's a shame Jaw got hurt. I don't know. The way things played out, if Jaw was healthy the whole time, Memphis might have surprised us. But unfortunately, he wasn't. It did just that series did show me like that the Warriors are definitely vulnerable. Like, and given what happened with the Suns Mavericks, which we'll get into later, of course. I'm just not confident in whoever comes out the West to win. Like, even let's say Miami surprises me and, and wins, I'm picking Miami to win this, this championship at that point. And I just feel like at this point, whoever wins the East is winning it all. <sighs> Golden State just they they showed they a lot of their weaknesses were visible. They had a lot of offense from Steph and Clay. There's just a lot of uh, things. They're just not – it's just very obvious it's not 2015 anymore. Like, things are different. Draymond uh, 
was kind of he was selling on offense to a degree because he was just being so passive. It's like it's important to lean into your strengths, but like to completely avoid things that are your weaknesses or things you're not the best at can be a detriment too. And he was not trying to score. And for some reason, the Warriors like just completely got away from using Kevon Looney against a big ass Grizzlies team. And we see they once they you know wise up like oh yeah we need, we do need a center because they're playing like four centers. Kevon Looney happened to get twenty two rebounds, the greatest game of his life. I guess I can't show on Kevon Looney anymore because <laughs> he he has a we have the Kevon Looney game now. Yeah, I don't know. They won the series, I guess, but like it was kind of like the other team's best player got hurt, and they still managed to embarrass y'all once without him. I mean, congrats to the Warriors, but I just don't. My confidence in them has gone down. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I would say on the flip side, I feel like it proved that the Grizzlies are very dangerous. Mm -hmm. That's true. Without Ja, they almost forced a game seven. It took Steph Curry to, like, explode in the fourth quarter to pull away from that team. And I honestly think that the Grizzlies – are like one piece from being like a surefire championship winning kind of team. Right. So I don't know. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I think that they're really tough right now. And I I was like, it was, yeah, it's, I think a part, a big part of the problem that Golden State has is that they haven't really been together in two years. So it's, and, and, and there's so many moving parts. So I just, I just think that they, they are trying to, I guess, reestablish what they once had. That is very fair. And also again, like Clay is not the best version of himself yet. Mm-hmm. And and also another thing too that I that I've noticed is like the Jordan Poole dynamic might be impacting Clay a bit, and just like mm-hmm. knowing that there's somebody there that you know could you know quote unquote take his place. Mm-hmm. It so. reminds me of like the, the older Celtics with Ray Allen with like when the Doc Rivers started playing Avery Bradley over over Ray, and kind of like Ray Allen was just kind of getting like his role was just. He was just being – he just became less important. And I think, yeah, I think that is affect, affecting Clay as well. Just, like, he's just not getting the looks he's always got. Yeah, I believe uh, – I believe that's affecting him too. And, yeah, I just – they're, they're – the Warriors are a very weird team right now, just generally. And, I mean, they get stops. They shoot the three well. They have guys who can attack the basket. They have everything. I mean, they just don't really have a rim protector. And aside from rim protection, they they have everything else. It just it just feels weird. Like it just they're not doing what they should be doing. It feels like mm-hmm. it feels like they're not nearly as good as they should be. So it's just weird. So yeah, but I mean, the Grizzlies will be back, and the Warriors moved on so despite some physical things that took place oh yeah that's 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 all i really got for that series to be honest right yeah it's just kind of hard to go all in this is like john Moran got hurt yeah absolutely 
Like any team, any team where your best player got hurt, Celtics lost and Jason Tatum got hurt. If Giannis got hurt, if uh, Jimmy Butler got hurt, and B was hurt, it's just like, what else is there to say? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about the Phoenix and Mavericks series? I mean, we were both very wrong. <laughs> I'm not much of a, a gambler better, but like, or sports better. I decided not to do that. But if you bet Dallas, I'm sure you made hella money. To get beat like that in a game seven on your home floor is just like, it's mind blowing. Like, Luca, Luca at one point had more points than the entire Phoenix Suns roster in the second half. Yeah, bro. I'm like, yo, this is bad. Like, he was shooting step back threes and having fun doing it. Like, he, you could see on his face, like, he was having a very good time. Right. That man's kind of, kind of sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was having, he yeah, was, sorry. It was having a blast. Just a little sadistic, bro. <laughs> just busting the sun's ass. And, it, and, it, and and the crazy thing is no one could guard him at all. Like, there was nothing that they could do. Like, especially then when he got hot, too, last night. But throughout the entire series, they could not check this man. Like, Mikel Bridges is a candidate for defensive player of the year. Every time he put him in the post, he looked like a child. Cam Johnson, he couldn't he couldn't stay in front of him. He couldn't guard him in the post. JaVel McGee, DeAndre Ayton, they were too slow. Chris Paul was a child. Devin Booker was getting treated like a child. It was it was bad. It was mm-hmm. very bad. This Dallas Mavericks team is very dangerous and I've been and, and, and on game time we've been saying for a long time I know, I know at least me in particular, I've been saying for a long time, when this man, Luka Doncic, gets some help, the Dallas Mavericks will be dangerous. And now yeah. you've, put, you've put three and D players around him. You've given him two additional ball handler score types. And schematically, their defense is like trying to take away the, the thing that you do best. And if that's the formula that they have, they will be very formidable for the next few years, especially if they continue to stack on talent. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. I, I just I'm just in disbelief. And, and 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 again, overall, like Phoenix, they did what they do. Like they they played well. Um, Chris Paul was uncharacteristically bad, but I think that a big part of that was just Dallas, just like game plan. The Mavericks are dangerous. That's that's all I really got from this. Okay. I do have two things I want to say in response to things you said. Thing number one, you know you got your ass with bad when the biggest sports network in the country decides to get your biggest hater to talk shit on you because you played so fucking bad. That's just insane. They really got Pat Bev on TV, gave him the spotlight, and just had him just say whatever. <laughs> it's talking crazy. Call that man. I said, give that man the Ben Simmons slander, the Paul George slander. He just—he was on a, a Chris Paul hate campaign. <laughs> that shit is crazy. And thing number two, you said like you know, like you've been saying, like if Luca get Luca gets some help, the Mavs are gonna be dangerous. And the crazy part about this is, I wouldn't even consider what he has around him help. 
I would I would I just think aside from, without him, they are clearly the weakest roster. Like if you take like, every team remaining, if you take off take away the best player, the Mavericks are the weakest roster by far. So I, I'm just like, what if he gets a player like who can uh measure measure up to him to some in some degree? Like when that happens, that's gonna be very interesting. So I just don't know what um the future for Dallas is going to be very bright, <laughs> regardless of what happens in this next round. They exposed the consistent and uh well-oiled machine Suns, quote unquote. Like the Suns are just a senior was like, oh yeah, we know they're gonna perform. And they made them shit the bed. And honestly, it's just Luca was just decimating them. And he he literally decided they were going to win and they won by a lot. Like the ability to the ability to impose his will like that was absolutely just like insane to watch. I didn't watch that whole game, I'm not gonna lie to you. At a certain point, I just, just like this is this is um painful. I just turned it off after once it was like once Dallas went up 40, I was like, yeah, let me just uh <laughs> go do what I gotta do. Got this final coming up real quick. Let me go study. But yeah, um, like you said, Dallas, Dallas is serious. I can't sleep. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen with the next round, but with that being said, why don't we get into it? It's gonna be very interesting. I'm I'm having a really, really tough time because when I first saw it, I was like Golden State in six, right? Mm-hmm. But then something in my mind was like, well, Dallas and seven. I want to go with that so like, – I want to ride that, and I want to go with that so bad, but at the same time, I'm just like, ah, I want to go with the team that's proven and has been there. So I'm going to stick with the team that's proven and has been there, and I'm going to go in six. And I think it's going to have to be in six because I think if it gets to a seventh game, I think that Dallas would come in and win again because I think Luca would just do more of what he does. And the reason why I'm picking Golden State is because, like, it's like again, like with the Celtics and Heat, it's like a mirror match. Uh, you have three high-level offensive players surrounded by other players who can shoot or defend in different variations. And, I mean, the more well-balanced three would be Steph, Clay and Jordan Poole. Now, obviously, the best player on the floor is going to be Luka Doncic. But I also think that, like, another thing, too, is that defensively, it's going to be very interesting because on both ends, like, both teams have seen bigger teams all the way up to this point. And now they're both going to be playing teams that are more spread out and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, But I, I like Golden State's defenders better, especially considering the fact that they'll have the best defender on the floor, Draymond. Mm-hmm. I think Draymond versus Luka is going to be a very interesting chess match. Steve Kerr's offense against Jason Kidd's defense is going to be an interesting chess match as well. But I believe that the Warriors have enough offense to pull this series out. And I, and I think 
the X factor of this series for me would be Andrew Wiggins. Right. I think that Andrew Wiggins is going to have to step up and be that all-star that he was in the, in the regular season. And I mean, you know, with, with Clay, Clay Thompson coming back into the fold, it's made things tough on him. But I think that he will step up this series a lot. And I think that the Warriors have more answers defensively, you know, with like Draymond, Kaminga, Gary Payton, Clay Thompson. I think they have more answers defensively overall. And I think that they'll be able to pull it out with their three-point shooting and offensive consistency, even though they do have spurts where they are inconsistent offensively. Yeah, I similarly have a similar I have a similar quandary to you in regards to just like I just don't want to sleep on Dallas anymore. I was very much unsleep in round one, and I was very much asleep in round two. So now I'm just not sure where to go. But if I had to like just my my heart is telling me Golden State's gonna win the series and like you said in six. And just the certain they I guess certain things that make me question the Warriors' ability to win this series, just like say you said you mentioned Draymond guarding Luca, but in all reality, Draymond's probably gonna end up playing help to cover up the ass of whoever Luca actually cooks and gets past. So I, I think like I guess it'll be Wiggins probably guarding him because Luca's as big as shit. So Clay, Steph or Clay, Steph guarding him off rip is not a good idea. And Clay has not Clay's at this point shown us he's lost a step on the defensive end, definitely. So I think Wiggins is probably the answer there, or Gary Payton uh, the second if when he comes back, if he comes back, I, I think he might be able to come back soon. But I didn't see like any news on it. But yeah, it's just it's just so hard to like. There is no the fact of the matter is there's no one man answer to this Lucas Lucas situation. You need a team. The team has to guard him. It's just a matter of if the Warriors can figure out a scheme to you know, let, limit him from completely controlling the game. That is, that should be the goal. Like, don't let Luka dictate how things go. Um, yeah, we've seen that last round with uh, Phoenix. They, they were, they, their goal, their strategy was just let Luka do whatever he wanted to and stop everybody else. And it worked for two games. And then they kind of, they pulled out another game at some point, despite uh, Chris Paul still playing like poo-poo. But um, yeah. I think we I think we now saw that letting Luca uh, do whatever he wants eventually if that that can break down real easily to just turn into uh so seeing how Phoenix's decisions let Luca do whatever Luca wants to do and eventually but so seeing how Phoenix's decisions let Luca do what he wants to do eventually led to their demise. Yet to I guess the Warriors have to ask themselves how do we you know how do we stop Luca and keep and limit his teammates from you know absolutely torching us. So I just, I don't know. I think that that is really the answer. If what Golden State does on defense will dictate who wins the series because we already know their offense. We, their offense is a proven, a proven commodity. Like we know what they're capable of. We know they can torch. They can torch any team. You know, if it comes to, when it comes to a game of scoring, we know Golden State is. You know, you, you should expect to rely on them, and you know they're going to perform, despite the fact that they do they do throw up some stinkers here and there, just with the nature of how much threes they shoot, how reliant they are on the three point shot. But regardless of that, they have they have shooting from all across the roster. They have quite a few athletes who can go up and just you know throw it down, get into the paint. Steph Curry is an offense unto himself. So 
I'm not worried about their off their ability to perform on offense. I mean, even though Dallas has a great defense, especially once they turn into the year 2022, I still think Golden State can score on that, especially because Dallas is interesting because they don't have great individual defenders aside from like Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock's pretty good, I guess. Everyone else has been known to be average or subpar. And I guess Kleba too. Kleba has his moments on defense, but he's he just he's like 6'9", 6'10", rather than like a seven-footer. But even then, it's like three dudes I named, and two of them are like good, maybe. So that's the interesting thing about Dallas. It's purely just great scheme. But I think if the Warriors can, the Warriors, I feel like, can overcome that. It's just a matter of can they make, get the stops? Because I believe we know Dallas can get the stops at a certain point. So, yeah, I think that's the X factor. I think Golden State will figure it out enough to win the series. But this one, I won't be surprised if I'm wrong and Dallas wins. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, and I think a name I think a name that we'll we'll see a lot of, of this series as well as Jonathan Kaminga. I think that Kaminga might be the number one answer because of his athleticism and and size. I think that he might be the guy that we see on Luca the most. Hmm. And Draymond being more of a helping role. And also They've broken down more traditional, bigger teams in the first two rounds. I think that Golden State's ability to play smaller and switch and do things like that will help them a lot this series. So I think I think that'll help too. Right. That was a good point. Because like matchup wise, it's like no one's necessarily at advantage. They're kind of like they play similar styles of basketball. So that's an interesting point. Yeah, so I'm, I don't know. I think we're both, we both said Golden State and six. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Now, kind of speaking of, of Luca and the best player of the world conversation, I just want, like, mainly my thought was, and I just wanted to bring it up. I think that LeBron James and I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to just, I guess, open it up in this manner. I think that LeBron James has been the best player in the world, at least starting from when they lost in the finals to the Mavericks to when he won his last championship. I think he's been the best player that long. And I think that you know, people have tried to make cases at different points for, like, Steph when he got he got rolling uh, and won back-to-back MVPs. People made a case for KD when he went to the Warriors and won back-to-back championships. People made a case for Kawhi when he went on his championship from Toronto. Uh, people have made a number of, I guess, cases or claims against that. But LeBron has been, in my opinion, he was – Far, he was like far and away the best player in the world mm-hmm. for a while. And now that it's kind of wide open at this point, because, you know, once he got hurt against the Kings a couple of years, like, a couple, uh, what was it, last year, uh, he had like a high ankle sprain of some sort. And I think it really just started collapsing from him. And he, I think joined a group because right now how I view the best player in the world conversation is it's fluid. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that at any given moment, 
it can change. Like, I think that, you know, sometimes Joel Embiid looks like the best player in the world, even though we know that he's going to get hurt at some point. I think that Luka Doncic at times looks like he's the best player in the world. Like right now, last night against Phoenix, he looked like the best player on the planet. Giannis Antetokounmpo, what he was just doing against Boston, you could argue, you know, he might be the best player in the world. And the same thing with Nikolai Jokic. I think that it's a about a legitimate five, six, maybe even seven guys that you could say at any given moment can elevate to a point where they look like they're the best player in the world because we don't really have a legitimate dude. And I mean, if Giannis, I think, would have won this year, like if they would have won another title this year, I think that it really would have put Giannis in the position to take that over completely. And Luca is in prime position right now to at least have, you know, to, to secure a spot in that conversation right if he wins a title this year so that's that's just my that's just my thought right i feel that me personally i agree with you that it's fluid but me personally if you ask me the question my answer is Giannis on the kumpo and like i just feel like just because of a simple fact like he, like you said like if he won a championship he would have solidified it but, like, does the championship necessarily define – like, is the championship the requirement for him to be the best player, the solidified best player at that point? You have to ask yourself, like, is it – am I letting this trophy decide that for me or is this, like – or do I know it and I'm letting the trophy, like, make me feel comfortable in my decision to say that? That's my – or my – am I allowing the trophy to make me feel comfortable in my belief that he is such? But, I mean, I don't know. It really is hard. Like, I think it's either Giannis or Jokic. At this point, I would have before the Nets, but um, Celtics series, I would have had KD in there too. But like, KD got stopped. And if you're the best player in the in the world, you can't be like stopped. Like I wouldn't. I'm not gonna say here. Tatum and the Celtics beat the Bucks, but I still think Giannis was the best player in the series by far. And Celtics Nets, Tatum was the best player in the series, and Kevin Durant wasn't. And if Kevin Durant was the best player in the world, I feel like he would have been the best player in the series whether they win or lose, or even like the Warriors and uh, the Cavs, like back to LeBron, no matter what happened with the Warriors-Cavs, even though LeBron lost all of them but one, LeBron was still the best player in the series every time. And I just know like, and like we talk about Jokic, no TST is a uh, top two teammates when they're Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, but he's still the best player in that Warriors series. He couldn't be, despite the fact that he's the only person you needed to stop, you couldn't really stop him. And the same thing goes for the Bucks this year, Giannis. Like, Drew Holiday's cool, I guess, but we all know, like, I want him taking shots if, if Giannis is on the team. Like, that's fine by me. And he's still – Giannis still had an amazing series despite being double, tripled, um, you know, all, all sorts of shit going on. And he, they're throwing everything at him from uh, Al Horford to Grant Williams to Robert Williams to Tatum. To, everyone guarded Giannis. Everyone but, but Pritchard guarded Giannis at some point. Because he can't be stopped. And I just think that is something you need to account for. And like like you said, Luca is entering that conversation because he's while he's been unstoppable for a couple of years, it's like he's really unstoppable now. Like he actively took out like the number one seed. Just to send, not on his own. It's his team certainly played well, but he was the driving force in that. 
he's he is the one who broke the camel's he's the one who like broke the camel's back or you want to call it but yeah i, don't know, I think there's a certain level of like unstoppableness and like just being it that's required to be the best player hence the reason i'm going to disqualify kd from that conversation at least for now he can always come back and get back in it of course like you said so it's always fluid even when, like we felt like lebron was number one it was always fluid like there was always someone saying nah kd's the best and it could be argued or steph's the best and it could be argued but like you got to be unstoppable if you're going to be number one or at least more unstoppable than everybody else <laughs> i just think Giannis and Jokic are the acceptable answers to me right now if you say that KD or somewhere or like Steph I'm going to be like but why and then yeah because I think they're just those players are not unstoppable they are absolutely amazing and they're top five players top five top seven top ten whatever you want to call it so that's all arbitrary but like those players are not there's only two players in my mind in this league right now or two and a half, we'll see with Luca, who are unstoppable. But yeah, I think that's that's part of it, the equation for me, a big part. Yeah, and I, th- I think that with that being, you know, with that being said, I think that like the league isn't as good a place as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Because Luca could take over the game. Giannis has taken over the game and so has Nikolai Jokic and it's like we have so many good young stars like Jason Tatum Trey Young and so on who are special and who can do a lot of great things and I think this top 10 conversation is going to be you know it's going to be fluid and it's going to be a revolving door like I think I think LeBron is still a top 10 player yeah, I, I agree. He is. I think Steph is as well. Mm-hmm. But the things that these new guys are doing, it's going to be hard to really – it's getting harder and harder to argue on behalf of guys like Steph Curry and, like, the the, the, the older guys who have been there and done that. Yeah, yeah. It's just – it's gotten to the point where it's, like, undeniable. Like, if you're if you were sitting here and telling me that, you still think, like, Kevin Durant or LeBron is the best player in the league. I'm like, but they miss, first of all, they, they miss like 25 plus games every year at this point. And the availability has to come to question at some point. Like, please stop. And I think that's like, like, like you said, Embiid, like he gets hurt. And that's why I just don't think he is the best player in the league. He's not available all the time. And due to his unavailability, even if he does decide to play, he is stoppable at that point because he's just hurt. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my top five is right now. It's kind of hard. <laughs> like, I think, I don't know. I'm picking Luke over Steph. I'm picking Giannis and Jokic over him. I'm picking Embiid over him. I hate to say it. I think I'm Steph's better than LeBron right now, bro. He's more valuable than LeBron. So I guess Steph's what, like maybe five? But then what about KD? You picking Steph over KD? You see, it's just like, it's kind of hard. It's very interesting. This is an interesting place right now. And then now, you know, you got Tatum coming up. Uh, you know, got some people going going a little crazy talking about he's like top, top three, top two. I'm just, I don't know, I don't know about that, but <laughs> again, it's all arbitrary. But yeah, you know, even he's cutting you know, now you have to like he's in that conversation now too. Like you just get even it's like not just the playoffs, it's going from like earlier in the year to like only from like January to now. He's just been he's been bugging. 
Yeah, I'm excited to see how things go. It's going to be sad when uh, these older guys retire, but the league's definitely going to be still worth watching. So that'll be fun. To, it'll be fun to see. Absolutely. And but I just do want to say I, I feel so sorry for you and the Sixers because Doc Rivers looks like he's losing it. <laughs> like he, he lost just gets angry ago. now. Yeah, he, <laughs> lost, he lost it years ago, but that's that's just me. It's just to the point now he's just getting defensive. It's like, oh my god, this is so bad. I will I will add one note about the 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 top five thing. I think one player that I want to I want to mention. I just I'm just gonna throw his name out there. I'm not gonna say nothing else about it. Zion Williamson, if he stays healthy, mm-hmm. he could be in this conversation in a couple of years. That's 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 all I got to say. I'm wait, I'm waiting on it. You know, I'm a bit, big Zion believer. I'm just mm-hmm. going to get his foot right in yeah, New Orleans or something because we see what he looked like in one, his one healthy season. We see what he looked like. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like 26 and eight. Yeah, like 20, yeah, 26 and eight. Or something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. I don't remember. It was something insane. Crazy. Yeah, bro. Well, why don't you get us out of here, bro? Absolutely. That's another episode of Game Time. Thank you for you know tuning in and listening. I am John Mary Wilson. I'm co-hosted by Zach Wright. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Game Time underscore podcast, Twitter at Game Time underscore Z and J, and Facebook at game time with ZNJ to stay up to date with everything that we do, our content, the things that we post, the things that we talk about. And, you know, we may even live tweet or whatnot to listen to our future episodes. You can find us on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. We can't wait to talk more basketball on game time.